Today we began a four-part series called Giving God's Way, and, I, and this is just my little interesting uh, uh, subtitle, Breaking Free from the Spirit of Stingy. Has anybody ever met anybody that had a stingy spirit? Have you ever had a stingy spirit? Especially as a kid, right? You don't want to share this, you don't want to share that. Uh, because man, this is mine and not yours. And I'll never forget years ago, uh, uh, my kids, they had a little thing. I've told this before. The little Texaco station was right close to the church. And back then before credit cards, basically they had a little account and you could just go in, pick up something, put it on your account. And he'd write up a little paper and at the end of every month, he'd send you the bill. Well, my kids figured that out quick and they started slipping over to Texaco and say, just put it on our account. Uh, we had to, we had to kind of work with them. But one day we had stopped at Texaco. They all had, had, uh, I think Nathan or one, all of them had Skittles. Uh, and I, as we're driving, I stuck my hand back there and said, uh, let me have some of those Skittles. And nothing hit my hand. And I said, I need some Skittles. And I forget who it was. They said, well, these are my Skittles. And I whipped over to the side of the road and turned around and we had a, le a lesson. Let me explain to you. Those are not your Skittles. You didn't buy them. You didn't work for them. Those, in fact, are my Skittles. In fact, and really, they're not even my skills, they're God's skills. Because God gives us the power to get wealth. He gave me the money and the resources to buy them. And, and you are just uh, a, a ambassador, if you will, of the skittles and have a responsibility to share them. So they're not your skittles. Everybody understand me? Say amen. They all said amen. And I got my fair share of skittles. But they, what were, the, what did they need deliverance from? The spirit of Stingy. And all of us on some level have a, have that spirit on us. And I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 8. Just hold your place there. I got a story I got to tell. I, I don't know if it's last year, a couple of years ago. Time eludes me, but we were on some place sometime in our teaching and I challenged everyone kind of on the spur of the moment popping off from the pulpit. I said, we need to, uh, uh, I think pay it forward was a big word. And I said, we need to bless people, even strangers. And I, and I said something like this. I said, uh, uh, it, I'm not talking about buying somebody's Starbucks in the line behind you. I'm talking about let's fill up somebody's uh, car with fuel, somebody we don't even know. And so I threw that out, and I don't know if you, any of you followed through with me, but uh, uh, I, when I got home and during the next week, I realized, well, my, both my vehicles are full, so i got to put it in my head that when I need to go fill up my car, I am going to bless a stranger and fill up their fuel tank. And so about two weeks later, you know, t uh, uh, I was pulling in uh, to the gas station in my truck, and I wasn't thinking, then all of a sudden I realized it came back to me. i got to fill up somebody's tank. I said it, I encouraged people to do it, and, and if, I, if I don't do it, shame on me. And so I said to myself, the next person who pulls in here, I don't care if it's a four-wheel drive dually that, uh, that is fully empty and takes diesel gasoline and they're, you know, 40 gas, I don't care. The next person that pulls in here, I'm filling it up if they'll let me. And so I was ready, I'd got it, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, you know, being a blessing. And so the next car pulled up, it was just an average everyday car. Uh, pardon me? No, it wasn't. Yeah, I'd been nice with an electric car. It wasn't. Just pulled up. 
uh, and, uh, you know, not, nothing big, no fan, it wasn't a Jaguar or anything like that. And, and, uh, so this person gets out to go inside, which I'm reading between the lines. Okay. They don't have a credit card or a debit card. They're paying cash, which may or may not mean anything, but a lot of times it means I just need, I can only afford $10. That's just the way I was working it. And so as this person was walking in, I just walked up to him as nonchalant as, as I could. I said, I didn't even introduce myself. Hello, uh, I just, can I do something today? I've been wanting to do this. I'm trying to learn how to be uh, more generous in my life. Could I just fill up your tank for you today? And they looked at me funny and, and finally said, uh, uh, well, I guess. And so I just kind of kept walking. I said, okay, great. I just kept walking and I had my, my credit card, uh, fuel card and I swiped it. Uh, and was getting ready to punch regular. And this person who said I could fill up their card, they reached over me and punched supreme. And I went. And went over there. And in my brain, I'm going, what just happened? And I filled up their car and, 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 you know, and said, God bless you and walked off with this thing. And I said, this was supposed to be an enjoyable experience. <laughs> and your preacher had a problem. And I, I don't, I'm still processing this, by the way. Uh, I don't know why, but, I began to realize, you know what? What was my motivation? Why was I doing what I was doing? Because that's huge when it comes to giving God's way. And in these next four weeks, these next four Sundays, all of us have a chance to tweak the reasons we do the things we do. For example, even in giving and tithing uh, uh, here at the church, you know, there's reasons we tithe and give, but uh, I think in reality, all of us need to raise the bar with the motivations of our heart when it comes to the things we do. Amen. Now, as you know, our church family, we have four, four things that we kind of uh, uh, revolve around here at our church, the kind of the call. We're called to what? Gather. We're fulfilling the call of God here today, Randy and Emmy. We're gathering together. We're called to gather. And then the next thing that we say, we're called to do what? Grow. And, and really over this, gosh, this year, we've spent a lot of time talking about the, the importance of gathering together, the importance of fellowship and the importance of growing spiritually. If we go back and look at some of the series, I actually gave us, uh, shared with you growing God's way series. Today we're giving God's way. Uh, and so, and then we talked about the fruit of the spirit and things that help us grow. We had Sunday circles, midweek growth groups, which we're still in, which by the way, have been very productive. I wasn't here Wednesday night. Josh was with the guys. We're going through Gideon and the ladies were here going through the book of Mark. Correct ladies. Great times to grow spiritually, but great times to gather together. You see these tables over here. We gather together for 30 minutes and we 
we, we gather around the table of the Lord. I'm telling you, that's one of my highlights of the week. And so we've got a couple of three more of those week, Wednesday nights uh, available. And so we've been focusing on these areas. And now this morning, I want us for the next few weeks, especially leading up to the holidays, especially leading into this hurricane relief, especially leading into helping the little children of Haiti, uh, and especially, let me say, with the fact that uh, historically in church finance world, uh, the fall is kind of a falling time, if you know what I mean. And so with all those things in mind, it's good for us to embrace the call of God on our life, regardless of the bank, uh, the bank account. Listen, regardless of the checking account, I'll never forget years ago uh, at Church on the Rock Equipment, uh, I was really burdened about missions and I was praying to God. I wanted to give to missions and I said, Lord, I, I, I want to bless the missionaries and we're just financially not at a place. And and I said, Lord, uh, with, with all the, the, the right-heartedness I could stir up, Lord, if you will bless us, we will be a blessing to the missionaries around the world that you've put in our hearts. And it got quiet. And I prayed, Lord, if you will bless us, Lord. I'm just asking you to bless us so we can be a blessing. And how many of you know that's just principle? God blesses us to do what? Be a blessing. But there's a starting place for the blessing of God. And the Spirit of God spoke to me as clear as I could uh, ever imagine. And he said, if you'll begin to bless them, I will bless you. And that's where it begins. And I began to realize this is how it starts. When I get the right heart and the right motivation and I, I began to plug into the plan of God over my life and our church and, and, and began to embrace the heart of God when it comes to giving. And so with that in mind, this morning, I want to talk to you just about the motives of our heart and what should motivate us to give. And there, and you know, need motivates us, but let me tell you something. Need will not motivate you if you don't have something deeper and wider on the inside that is the heart of God for the world around you. So this morning, I'm going to give you five motivations from the Bible. In fact, we're going, we're, this is really not a preaching time. We're just going to look at the Bible a little bit this morning. And I want you to begin to embrace these in your heart. Some of them we've embraced on certain levels, but the reason and the motivation we give uh, is certainly huge when it comes to giving God's way. And so with that in mind, if you're here this morning and you say, I want to give God's way, let's just lift our hearts and our hands if you so desire and say, Lord, today, as we begin this time, Lord, let our hearts be attuned to you. And Lord, Lord, we know you're a giver and we want to give your way. We, we want to give, Lord God, the way you would give. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, here we go. You know this one, but the first motivation that ought to motivate us. Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 8? Well, you stay there and I'm going to give you one that you don't need to go to. The first one, the first real motivator of a giving heart, giving God's way is the love of God. We give because we love God and we love the people that God has created. If you don't love God and you say, I'm telling you, that's the root of giving. Here it is, John 3, 16. I hope you learned it when you were a child. For God so loved, what? That he what? I'm telling you, that's the motivation behind 
giving. The reason God has given you any, well, let me back up. How many of you know, you can say, God has been really generous to me. He's given me so many things. Amen. He's given me. You know why he did? Because he had to. Because he wanted to. Why did he want to? Because he loves you. Amen. Guys, I don't know if you realize it or not. God gave you your wife because he loves you. All right. Not because he wanted to torment you. That's another story. But because he loves you. Wives the same way. Our children, because he loves us. He's given us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave the most precious thing that he had. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the love of God ought to motivate us to be givers. You know why? In fact, my wife, she loves my grandkids evidently more than I do because she wants to give them everything. Okay? And, and so she has some challenges, especially this year, because Christmas is going to be in Colorado and you can't, and I was going, well, maybe she will realize she can't carry all of that to Colorado. So we'll see how that works out. But she's very, she loves people she wants to give. It's a great motivator. I do, but I'm more strategic in it. Uh, how many of you know what? That balances us out a little bit. Uh, but uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And these two chapters, I want you to take them and digest them this week. Will you do that? Will you take these two chapters because there's there's great insight here that I probably will not get to, that I want you to get to because he's talking about the excelling and growing in the grace of giving. Let me show you a chapter. I'm just going to read here. And then some of these verses I'll just make mention of. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded. Now, what a combo. Do you see that? The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their what? They were very liberal in giving, even though they, they, they were not uh, walking in great abundance. They had poverty. In fact, he called it deep poverty and great trial of affliction. In the middle of all that, they had an abundance of joy and a overflow of liberality. Whoo! Somebody say, I can take me some of that right there. Amen. And so, uh, we need to catch this and understand it. In fact, I'll come back to this in a moment. Look what he says to these Corinthians. I, verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Basically what he's saying here, you remember these churches who helped you out? You remember these generous churches? You remember the churches in Macedonia, uh, how, how benevolent they were, how, how much of a blessing they were, even though they were in deep poverty and much trial of affliction, they had a joy of giving in their hearts and how they gave. He said that ought, that ought to teach us something. And he said it ought to test the sincerity of our love. Man, in other words, that's the root and the motive 
of a giving heart. It's the love of God poured out in our heart. In fact, if you went to 1 John uh, chapter 3, I'll jump over there quickly. 1 John chapter 3, what does he say concerning... And this is another book you could you could read all about the love of God and the motivation of our heart when it comes to love. Look in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Not John 3, 16, but 1 John 3, 16, which kind of parallels, of course, the, the John 3, 16 and gives it some real application for us. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? What's he saying? If you love God, you're going to love people and care for people when they have a need. Amen. I got three of you agree. Let's all say amen just in faith. Amen. So the love of God should motivate us. And, and, and John hits us between the eyes here and says, hey, if you have this world's goods and you see a brother in need and you shut up your heart from him, how does the love of God abound in you? In other words, that's not possible. To say you love God and you love people and when you see a need not to reach out and help. So the love of God should motivate us. Aren't you glad that God loved you enough and was motivated enough to send his son Jesus to die for you? Come on, give him the praise. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. And oh, by the way, I know we're live here today, but my wife finally made it. You can come on in and sit down with us. Give my wife a hand. She's been loving on our granddaughter who's puny. (laughs) But she's here now finally. So the love of God should motivate us. And as we look to the future, as we look to these little Haitian kids, uh, you know, when I go to Mexico and we drill water wells, you know why we drill water wells in Mexico? Because I love those people. We love those people. And if you went with me and you'd seen Frank's going with me, aren't you, Frank? Yeah, high five, boom. Frank's going October 22nd. Shannon's going in 2019 sometime. We're going to get him there and anybody else who'll go. Uh, when you go there and you see these people and you see the kind of water, they did you know the city of Atoyak, which has thousands of people in it, their water uh, is pumped right out of the river. And it's only pumped, and they may or may not have it. They may not, may or may not even have infrastructure. In other words, it's not treated. It's not clean. It's not pure. And when you see people lined up around our wells, pumping water in their little buckets and in their little tanks and taking it home, they come back day after day after day and they wear those wells out. And you see how, you, why do we do that? Because I love those people. I see those little kids. I say, my Lord, I wouldn't want my grandkids having to go through this. Are you with me? So that's a motivation of love. Number two, it's a motivation of God's grace upon our life. The grace of God should motivate us to the place where we give. And that's what uh, Paul was talking to the Corinthians about. He talked about this giving. If you jump back in there with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse uh, 3, he said, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing He's talking about the churches in Macedonia, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. I love that. These churches in Macedonia, he says, they were imploring us with urgency. Please take what we want to give you. Verse five, 
And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. That's a good place to start if you want to have the heart of God forgiving and give God's way. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that as he has begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. Everyone say, complete this grace. In other words, what he has, what he started to say to this church in Corinth, he said, listen, you need to look at this Macedonian church. You need to see that they have a real gift and a grace of giving on their life. And Titus, he's, he's wants to help you allow that grace to begin to operate in your life as well. Verse seven, but as you abound in everything, in speech and faith and knowledge and all diligence and in your love for us, See that you abound in this grace also. So what's he talking about? The grace of giving. God's grace upon us, his favor upon us. Listen, we would all be stingy had, had it not been for the grace of God. And, and aren't you glad God was not stingy with his grace? For by grace you were saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. So the motivation of our heart ought to be, man, God graced me not just to receive, but to give. I have him in my heart. I have his grace upon my life. And today I'm going to give because I have a grace to give. It's his favor on my life. And 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 so we give based upon the grace of God. Amen. And then he talks about Jesus who did the same thing. Verse eight, look, I speak not by commandment, but I'm testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. In other words, this is a test. You see this church in Macedonia. It's a test to see how, how graceful you are in giving. And then he says, verse nine, for you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He said Jesus was walking in the grace. He was rich. He became poor for us. It's the grace of giving. In fact, the Bible, we'll see it in a moment. He said, don't give grudgingly. Don't get, don't get, you know, well, I guess I got to give today. Preacher, need, uh, oh, uh, how many of you know that's not, not the, that's not giving God's way. God wasn't up in heaven going, Oh, Lord. Ay, 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 ay. What have they gotten themselves into? I guess I'll bail them out. No, he loves us. Everybody say he loves us. And he's graced us. He's graced us not only to get to heaven, but he's graced us to become like him, which is a giver. So, hey, the motivation is the love of God, the grace of God. And then number three, let me throw this out to you. Uh, this may not be for everybody, but it's the gift of God. The gift of God should motivate us. In Romans chapter 12, verse 8, you can read that later, but it's what many people call the motivational gifts. There's different motivations. And the quickie teaching is this, that God has given us all some specific motivation in life. One of them is encouragement. I think I have, and I believe in some of the psychological tests, yes, I've been through psychological testing, have proven this out, that my primary grace is that of an ex exhortation. I'm an exhorter. Uh, I, I believe that I can encourage people. It's encourager and exhorter. That's kind of where I line up in these motivational gifts. But did you know that one of the motivational gifts there is the gift of giving? 
And so for some people, this may not be forever, and it's certainly not a pass. It's not a pass, you know, go for us. Oh, well, I don't have the motivational gift of giving, so I don't have to give. Hey, I don't have the motivational gift of, of prophesying, but sometimes I prophesy. You know what I'm talking about. We all operate in these areas, but there are some people who just have this gift they, that God blesses them and they give. They give and they give and God just keeps blessing them. We'll see that principle as we move on through this series. But then we re- then they began to realize, I have a gr- I have a grace and I have a gift. It's the gift of giving. God has gifted me with this gift. And if God has gifted you with the gift of giving, it's not in concert with your bank account. But I'm a firm believer that if you begin to embrace that gift, that your bank account will begin to reflect the fact that you have, you realize your resources are not your own. They are given to you so you can be a giver. Amen. So the gift of God should motivate us. And then number four, of course, this is the case, but this is where a lot of people kind of land first, but you really have to embrace the motivation of the love of God and the grace of God and the gift of God, or this one really won't work in your life. And this is where a lot of people start, and it's probably the wrong place. It's the Word of God. The Word of God motivates us to be givers. But if we just look at the Word of God and we take away from it and we don't implore the love of God and the grace of God, the Word of God's going to be hard. How many of you know sometimes when you read the Word, you say, oh, that's going to be harder, uh, easier said than done, right? Here's one. Forgive your enemies. How many of you know you need to have love and grace to do that? It's hard just to look up, say, after you've been punched out or cussed out, or robbed, or stolen from, or abused, and battered, and scarred just to get up and say, oh, I forgive you. No, that comes from the motivation of love and grace in our heart. And so as that begins to operate within us, the Word of God ought to motivate us to be givers. In fact, next week, if, if it all pans out, I'm going to talk to you not just about the motivation, but the methodology. There's some methods in the ways and means, biblical methods of giving and different types and ways and means of giving. And we'll talk about that. But the Word of God teaches us to be like Christ. Amen. And Christ was a giver and God was a giver. And when you look Look to the Word of God, you will realize that the Word of God very clearly teaches us as disciples of the Lord that as a disciple and follower of Christ, we are not only encouraged to give, but even commanded to give, right? In fact, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, the Sermon on the Mount. Once he got through the Beatitudes and a number of other things about enemies and forgiveness, chapter 6, he says, When you give, don't be as the Pharisees that give. They want everybody to see that they're giving. I've had people do that before. And, uh, you know, they wanted their gift to be known publicly and in a way, and and we honor people who give, but, uh, you know, I've, I've probably fudged and allowed that because, hey, bless the Lord. Amen. If you're giving, I'm a taking. Uh, and my wife gets mad when I say this, uh, because sometimes I say it, I'm, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. But, uh, she doesn't like that. Uh, and so she's way. <laughs> so uh, we take that out, we edit that out of the tape. But, but the motivation of our heart is so important. And Jesus said, when you give, in other words, if you're going to be a follower of me, you're going to be a giver. When you give a charitable deed or an alms gift, we'll talk about that more next week. In fact, 
First John, we read it earlier. First John chapter three. How do you say you love God and, 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 and are stingy when it comes to people that you see are in need? How is that even possible? In other words, the word of God. I love, let me just slip over there. Ephesians chapter four. It has a couple of, of meanings here. This verse, but one very clear fits, uh, this, thought of the biblical uh, mandate to be a giver. It says this in verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good. And then he says this, I love this. How many of you would appreciate the fact that if a thief just stopped stealing and get a job, everybody say get a job. Man, I get some of these, these calls, you know, they're trying to, they're, they're, Fake calls are trying to steal something from me, right? I've heard to not say yes to those things because evidently you gave their approval to, uh, you know, rape your bank account or something. So, uh, I got one of those, this recording said, can you hear me? Okay. I said, affirmative. <laughs> like a robot. Uh, hey, I would just love to just them to stop stealing, right? And we think, man, if you can get a thief to stop stealing, just get a job. Everybody say, get a job. I've told some of those people that. I just say, I know I'm talking to computers, but it makes me feel better. Get a, just get a job. Quit stealing. What? You're stealing grandma's money. Get a job. But look what Paul said. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who has a need. So the whole purpose of redemption, the whole purpose of transformation in our life is not to sit on a pedestal and go, look what God did for me. Look what God did. Hey, I got, God's been so good to me. Hallelujah. The whole biblical purpose and uh, for transformation is so we can be a blessing to others. Amen. So the word of God. And then finally, a final motivation. And this is where a lot of people actually start. And I, 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 in my heart, I tended to not want to throw this in here because I'm afraid y'all, this might be all the things you remember. But, but the Bible is very clear that this is a motivator to, to give God's way. It's the promises of God. There is promises for those who embrace the compassion of Christ and the love of God and the grace of God and the gift of God and the word of God. There's promises to those who become givers. Now, in our old culture of the charismatic movement, that was the only motivation. Have a need, sow a seed. And that's true. But the primary motivation of our preaching in times gone by was not to be a blessing, but to get a blessing. And I've quoted my dear friend who's in heaven. He's been in heaven a long time. His, his, uh, 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 wife may be watching today. Louis Besserell, Mary Besserell. She's actually been here before. He was in prison for years. He's, a, he was Hispanic and God touched him and healed him and helped him. He got out of prison and was in prison ministry. And in his best Hispanic, uh, uh voice, he, he addressed this issue. He said, God ain't no gimme machine, man. Y'all need interpretation. 
God ain't no gimme machine. He thought, you know, a give me machine. You put something in and you get something out. You put something in and you get something out. He said, everybody say it in your best Hispanic. Uh, I don't know if you can. Some of you can, maybe easy. Say, God ain't no gimme machine, man. Come on, say it. Come on, Randy. God ain't no gimme machine, man. That may not have been Hispanic sounding, but hey, I do my best. Amen. And that's the reality. But the promises of God are real. Hey, let me throw some out at you. Malachi 3.10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me herewith, saith the Lord. See if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so much so that you cannot contain it. I'm telling you, I'm still learning to, to find my way into that. Now, I'm a faithful tither. We're faith, Beverly and I, we faithfully tithe all the, uh, the, our married days. And, and because we just learned that, I'm not, blow, I'm not blowing our horn. I'm just telling you, I've learned this. And one of the motivations, my primary motivation has always been, well, the Bible teaches this. I just want to be obedient to the Bible. I want to obey God. And, and that's a great heart. Uh, and I embrace the love of God. God, the grace of God. And I'm telling you, it, it's a grace when you realize it all belongs to God. And now he just wants 10. He could ask for it all. We're just stewards. And so he said, if you'll just bring all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me. It's one of the one or two places in scripture where he said, prove me on this. And the reason he did is because we have a hard time uh, because we don't under, that spirit of stingy's on us. And we're like the bluebell guy, get all I can and can the rest or something like that. Eat all I can and, and can the rest, sell the rest or whatever. I want as much as I can get. And so, so God says, you just got to let go. In fact, he said, you've robbed me. How have we robbed? and tithes and offerings. But if you'll bring all the tithes into the storehouse and just prove me on this, and guess what? Here's the promise. You just watch and see and see if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so much so that you cannot contain it. Beverly and I have been blessed not only in money and things, but in money and, th- uh, and in things that money cannot buy. I'm telling you, you can't pay for six great grandkids. Woo! Hallelujah. All of which come to church. All of which love the pastor. Amen. And in other ways, I mean, we have a few things, but man, our life, we are blessed. It's the promise of God. Here's one, Matthew 6, 4. In fact, it, 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 he talks about, we went to Matthew 6, when you give, then he says this in verse 4. He said, there's a reward. If you give rightly and don't give as the hypocrites do, you give... Uh, that love to be seen and, and given accolades for their giving. He said, that you, the one who gives in secret will be what? Rewarded openly. There's a reward. Amen? Luke 6, 38, Jesus said this, give, this is the one I quote most all the time, give and it shall be what? Given unto you, good measure, pressed day, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And then he goes on to say, basically this, people will come and put money in your wallet. It has an old, it has a Jesus type. He says they'll stick money in your coat or your whatever, but it's basically put money in your hands. They will bless you. Give and it will be given to you. That's the promise of God. 
and on and on and on it goes. The promises of God. So the motivation. You see, if you just go to the promises and say, well, given will be given unto you. Wrong process. But if you start with the love of God, the grace of God, and understanding the gift of God and the, what the word of God, you will be a beneficiary of the promises of God. Because there's a condition to every promise. In fact, if you went to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, people quote this. They quote it all the time. And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But the condition of that promise is that becoming, if you read it in context, a liberal giver, a blesser of people, a blesser of the church, a giver, a, someone who gives God's way. And, and when you give God's way and, and, and Paul was, was, uh, sending them a letter of thanks and, and, and encouragement, he said, let me just tell you, because of your generosity, let me tell you what's going to happen. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. What a promise. Everybody say, what a promise. So today as we close, I want us this morning to just look at our hearts and just have a heart check and just ask ourselves these kind of questions. Is there any areas in my life where I've got a spirit. I'll say it this way, stingy. We'll talk more about the way we give. In that, and when you read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, you'll say, don't give begrudgingly, but give generously and liberally, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's pray that God would search our hearts and help us learn to give his way. Lord, we know that we have a, a life. Lord, I love what it says about the church in Macedonia. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to others. So Lord, t- today, as we stand in this place with needs all around us and people all around us, Needs right in this room, needs in Florida, needs in Haiti and all over the world. We ask you to raise up a people who have given themselves to the Lord and to others. Lord, we ask you to continue to raise up people to give themselves to the needy people of Mexico and all over this world. And we want to be your hands extended. So today, if there's any spirit of, 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 uh, of, of stingy in our lives, we just ask you to cleanse it out of our hearts and help the motivation of love and grace and gifting and the word of God. Lord Jesus, and the promise of God began to motivate us to another level of generosity not just with our money, but, Lord, with our lives, with our time, our energy, and our efforts. And, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the heart of Jesus that gives so sacrificially. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen.
Now, this is just old P. P Sam's common sense, or I could say horse sense. If there's some areas in your life where you feel like, oh, man, I just got a spirit of stingy on me. You embrace these things, but then you begin to take steps. That's what Paul was teaching. Take steps. If, and, 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 and even if you have a need, even if you reach over and punch the premium when somebody, hey, listen, if you got those issues, hey, let's break that. And let's be a blessing to someone else. Start somewhere. Be a blessing and let the grace of God be made manifest, not only to you, but through you. And everybody love the Lord. Say amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. Hallelujah.